Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire after a fantastic festive period for Bristol City. The unbeaten run continues and it's now a very much healthier looking unbeaten run given the wins they've managed to get and that impressive away win against Stoke as well of course we'll be talking about that today seven points from a possible nine in the last few games the transfer market a couple of Bristol City players going out on loan we'll discuss that and who's coming in is anyone coming in hopefully Greg will be able to give us a heads up there uh, we're talking about uh, safeguarding and uh, what's happened with Craig Bellamy at Cardiff City and what Bristol City do and what they said at the end of last season is quite interesting and and uh, do you want your little one to be a mascot? Well, mascot packages have been in the press this week and we'll be talking about that and what Bristol City do as well. Uh, Gregor, Happy New Year. I'm pleased to say that today we're wearing matching jumpers. I couldn't get you in a Christmas jumper the whole of December, but at least today we're both wearing burgundy. Uh, we'll have to tweet a picture of this. We are, we're wearing matching outfits. We're in sync. It's not quite Bristol City red, is it? Right? No, it's, it's a bit away. dark, but it's, it's not far away, to be fair. Uh, so let's start with that away when it's Stoke you were there Nicky Mindpar saves a penalty and at that point you're thinking well this could be Bristol City's day absolutely they they had a really tough start if you if you didn't go there you didn't know then um, there was a clash of heads between Pack and Webster and basically City were under the cosh for ages Stoke piling on the pressure uh, Marlon had um, had a, like a head bandage on, a bit like uh, the old Terry Butcher <laughs> markup. And yeah, Webby had to leave the pitch and then he came back and then he left the pitch again. They weren't too sure what to do with him. He, I think Lee said afterwards that he had six or seven stitches. So yeah, they, and there was a, a quite a, a long period where they weren't too sure whether to take him off or not. And Lee Johnson mentioned this in his post-match press conference. In the end, they did take him off. Bailey Wright came on and I thought, Bailey Wright actually had a really good game and the post-match stats back that up. Nobody mm. made more clearances than Bailey Wright at the end and he, he put in a vital clearance from off the goal line and with Nicky Mainpar, um, yeah, they managed to hold Stoke at bay. Given how long Bailey Wright's been out for, that's impressive in itself, isn't it? It is really good and this is a real strength of Bristol City. I mean, people have been saying about it on Twitter, but the Robins now have got the joint second best defence in the league on goals conceded, which is phenomenal. I was saying myself that that's a grand improvement on last season. I think some people have pointed out to me, pointed out to me that match by match, they've only conceded a couple more goals at this stage than they did last season or the other way round. But still, in terms of team by team, to be have the second best defence is, is really great going. And obviously... We haven't, we're not anywhere near the end of the season yet. No. But if they can keep that going, then I, I feel that it's the foundation for them to get into the mix. But this is what I was going to say to you, and it's something that I've written about my column this week. OK, this time last season, let's be honest, it's where it started going south, you know. Going into that Wolves game, Bristol City were second in the table and then they dropped off. Now, you expect to lose to Manchester City in a League Cup final, that's fine. They gave that a real good go. But from that, it went south. And it was because... A lot of it was because of the injuries. Okay, they had Joe Bryan, Aidan Flint and Bobby Reid, three magnificent players. But this season, okay, maybe they don't have, with respect to this squad, that star quality of player, 
but they have more depth, don't they? They definitely do, and certainly in the defensive areas. I mean, yeah, you think that Webster's come off and Bailey Wright's come back in, the club captain, and as I say, he was one of the standout players afterwards when you look at the post-match stats, most clearances, most headed clearances. Um, but also, you've got the likes of Nathan Baker, who mm-hmm. had a really good contribution the other week um, until he was... He obviously left in the first half against, um, was it Rotherham or... He has or, problems or being taken off, doesn't he? Yeah, or, or actually Derby, actually, sorry, wasn't it? Yeah. He came off early against. Yeah. But that just goes to show that they, they've got like four quality centre-backs there. But it's also on the, the flanks as well, obviously. We've seen, so many wingers. Yeah, Jada Silva, a lot of people have been calling for him to be in the side. And he has played well. There's a good battle there for the left-back spot. And likewise, on the on the right-back position, Pisano has, has been really good in recent weeks. But Jack Hunt, I think, has upped his game mm, a little bit late. And it was a great assist for the first goal on, on against Stoke. Definitely. And then you've got Pisano contributing with goals as well, which we saw uh, on Boxing Day. But Callum Modowder, you know, speaking of depths of wingers, yes. he stepped up. It's like he heard you talking about him. <laughs> I, I think Callum is undroppable at the moment. He's he's been he's been brilliant. I think possibly over the last four or five games, nobody for me has maybe been quite as outstanding as O'Dowder. So he's really pushed on. And yeah, that's fantastic to see because he has a real energy and mm. athleticism in the middle. And, yeah, he's got a couple of goals recently, hasn't he? If he can keep that going, I'd really like to see him push on and get maybe five, six, seven goals this season. And that would really cement his place in the team. And, and yeah, he's certainly one that City have got to build on over the next couple of years. Well, what's happening with this contract? Especially if they can tie him down, I was yeah. about to say, to a new deal. Nothing, again, no news on that at the moment. And that's not necessarily good news. But we'll see. The, the club has got some time to get that one sorted out and... Hopefully, it won't be too long before we get some good news on that. Well, just before we move on to transfers, loans and speculation, let's just talk about the Rotherham result because, wow, they made hard work in that one against nine men. It just looked like it wasn't going to happen and then uh, Adam Webster, of all people, pops up with a goal. Yes, yeah. Um, How frustrating was that? That game? It was frustrating in a way, but... But is it all forgotten when you come away with three points? (laughs) It is. I mean, it was typical Rotherham. If, if you saw the away game at the New York Stadium, it was very similar. They're, they're a really gritty side, defensively sound, tough to break down. So they weren't anything that we didn't expect. And they came to Ashton Gate and did exactly the same. Always thought it was going to be close, but I did feel that Bristol City would just have enough. And so it proved, although the two red cards certainly helped things. And they let's not forget, though, that City did have a few other chances. I thought Jeju missed a, a real opportunity at a header, I remember, that just went wide of the post. Um, but obviously, fan made up for that against Stoke. Yep. And, yeah, that's what you need. You need a variety of goal-scoring sources. Yeah, fantastic to see Webby get his first goal. And I spoke to him after the game, which you're going to hear now. Yep, let's hear from Adam Webster now after the Rotherham game. So go on then, Adam, talk us through your uh, first goal in a competitive game, I think, for Bristol City. Yeah, yeah just a relief to get off the mark. Um, obviously, you know, when they go down to nine men, you, you're expected to win and they've got everyone behind the ball can make it difficult. Um, but yeah, we stuck. We, we were very patient and we stuck with it and the chance came finally. Thankfully, it went over the line. Yeah, both games against Rotherham have been pretty close, haven't they? And certainly today's for an hour or so until the sending's off. But did you always believe, I guess, guess you thought that more chances would come towards the end there? Yeah, at their place, it was probably one of the toughest games we've had all season. Um, and the same again today. We played better today. Um, but yeah, 
we knew if we stuck with it, the, the chances were going to come. The keeper made some good saves throughout the game. Um, but yeah, thankfully, we, we got there in the end. Peachy of a cross, wasn't it, from Jack Hunt? Yeah, he's, you know, he does it time after time. Um, so you, you know what to expect from him when he gets the ball out there. So it's just about... You know, getting away from your man. and Yeah, the keeper got a hand to it, didn't he? Yeah. But, uh... I didn't get the best contact on it, to be honest. Um, but sometimes they, they're the ones that go in and when you head it cleaner, they don't, so... And, and so, as I understand it, Lee owes you a Nando's now, is that right? Or was it, that's yeah. what he's just been telling us upstairs? But, uh... <laughs> yeah, he's, he's been on about it for a while, saying, he's got to get you and pay for your meal, so, yeah. he, he said to us upstairs that he was using reverse psychology. Is, is that true? And he was saying to you that you weren't going to score? Or? I don't know, I just, I'm just thankful I finally got off the mark now, so, yeah. Nice one. And how's it going with your, your fellow back four there? Because you've got a bit of a, a unit there and you guys have got some good clean sheets. I think you're up there in the top defence in the league, really. Yeah, we've got eight now. Um, there's, I think there's a couple of teams better than us. Um, but it's, it's pleasing. Um, something we try and try and get every game. So, yeah, it's pleasing to get another one on the board. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to Tuesday now. Nice one. Any special celebrations tonight after your first goal? Or? No, just uh, recovering now, ready to go again on Tuesday. Adam Webster, since coming into this Bristol City side, has he replaced Aidan Flint, would you say, adequately? Because I would say watching on he has yet a Caden Flint scores goals. But he seems to be doing a re- he seems to really have developed into his role. Yes, I think he has. I really like him. I think he's he gives you that different kind of build-up play from the back. He can bring the ball into midfield. He can carry it well. We've seen those runs down the flank occasionally even. he's. It, it would be great to see him score a few more goals or at least just threaten from set pieces a mm. bit more. That's what and we need a bit more from this defence. Like it's, it's easy to say, isn't it, that they're not contributing in terms of goals because that's what you expect from a strikers. But you do need your centre-backs to come up on corners and get sort of four or five goals a season. That's really important in the Championship, isn't it? Yeah, Callis has, Thomas Callas has threatened a bit as well. And to be honest, I think those guys will chip in. And obviously, Webby scored the last game. So, yeah, he's looked great. There's a really nice combination there, isn't there, with Thomas Callas. And I think he's a fantastic purchase, really do. He's only, what, 23? His stats are very standout. I mean, when we looked earlier this season at the best young defenders in the league, he was one that really stood out Mm. at City. And he's the sort of player that you can really build around over the years ahead. And I think he's a great capture, really. Really is. Well, uh, we're talking of captures there, so let's move on to the transfer window. A couple of days in now. Uh, January is always, I always think it's a difficult time to buy players because if you're going to get someone, is it going to be someone that's, say, a striker that's massively firing? If it is, they're going to cost a lot of money. Uh, or you're going to have to dip into the lower leagues. We've seen Jaden Stockley go to Preston this week from Exeter. If we look at strikers, is Lee Johnson in the market for a striker? And is that the sort of move he would have to make? Yeah, it, he definitely is. I mean, let's remind ourselves that. Lee himself explained that he was after really two players um, a nine and a half um, was what he wanted um, he explained a sort of player that can do everything and um, yeah number 10 kind of player I think he's explained before so maybe a slightly more creative player but essentially two attackers and yeah it's no surprising no surprise that we've 
um, since seen a lot of speculation over the last few days already, or and we've only had what three or four days of the, <laughs> yeah, the right. transfer window already. And let's yeah, talk about some of those names then. I mean, as I said, Jaden Stockley has gone to Preston. Is that not someone Bristol City should have been in for? Like, why, why was that not really mentioned? He's a fantastic player. Yeah, he's done very well, Exton. I did wonder that myself, but I would probably point people towards what the head coach said that. There are certain players out there that they've considered, but they don't feel would fit with the style of play mm. that they that they want. And I specifically asked Lee Johnson about whether the club was going to bring in another Milan Juric type player. Yeah. And he said basically that they don't want someone who's maybe not as mobile um, as other players. So they really want someone who can come in and yes, be maybe... More, uh, more of a Bobby Reid sort of player. Yeah, yeah, to, to an extent. Uh, certainly someone who can compete with Fam or maybe play alongside him. Um, someone to and, sort of play off him? Yeah, possibly. They they want a goal scorer. As as they've said, they they want this sort of all-round player, so really someone, I guess, who can replace Give me some Jeju. names. Give me some names. What about Sunderland striker Josh Madger? Yeah, I've been talking about him a bit, haven't I, the last few weeks. I still think that's one worth keeping an eye on, see what happens with him. Jack Ross, his manager, has been consistently saying that they, the club expects him to sign a new deal. However, that hasn't come about. And yeah, I spoke to one source last week and they said to me that they didn't think he would sign a new deal at Sunderland. But, however, well, these kind of things can change very Yeah, quickly. like that. But what I would say about that is I've watched that Sunderland Till I Die documentary on Netflix. And... You know, he's a young player and he had his relationship there with Joel DeSoro and really enthusiastic. But in the Championship, he, well, he didn't get, you know, much game time compared to this season. He scored a lot of goals this season, but that's League One. So he's not actually proven in the Championship. So, again, it'd be one of those that Bristol City have to take a punt on a little bit, wouldn't it? Yeah, interesting you say that. Obviously, Lee Johnson sort of mentioned the word punt in the summer. Uh, we kind of asked him about the players like Jack Marriott, but I do think there are there is quality in in League One, and yeah, interesting you say about Stockley, but I also think I, I like the look of Marriott, and I think he's doing the business basically at Derby County. So with these deals, it comes down to price, and the thing with Major is he's out of contract in the summer. There would be a fee to pay for him. It's even about one point five two million, though, wouldn't it? Is what they're talking about. It might be, might end Bristol up City, being a, that's affordable. Definitely, yeah, I think so. I think that is um, in their kind of price range that they'd be looking. Um, they've obviously m- made a bit of space by getting rid of Jens Hegler. There might mm-hmm. be some other players to go out. We'll have to wait and see on that. But, yeah, Major is one to keep an eye on. OK, what about um, Rangers' Lee Wallace? What do we know about him? I'm a bit sceptical about some of these ones that have come out recently, especially up in Scotland, He's a left back, isn't he? Yeah. Now, would that only be if Lloyd Kelly leaves? (laughs) And is Lloyd Kelly leaving? Well, I'm putting you on the spot. I know. I don't. I haven't heard anything about Lloyd Kelly leaving. I don't think. I personally don't think he will leave. No, and I certainly haven't heard anything about any Liverpool interest. I know that's that's been speculation speculation there. I I think so at this stage. Hopefully, we, we might get an update on that at some point. But from what I know. No, nothing happening there. Uh, Gregor, Gregor, have you been on the mince pies? <laughs> the chair is just broken in our studio. I'll fix it later. Don't worry. I'll fix it later. We'll, uh, we'll just say, Gregor, that it's a dodgy chair, not you. Anyway, let's bring it back to Lloyd Kelly. You're yes. sat back down. Um, is there any other interest, though? Because well, Lee, Lee Johnson said, didn't he, that 
He's a very good player and he expects there to be interest, but he needs to keep his feet on the ground. Yeah, and I think that's a really good message, really, for the young players at City. Basically, the, the likes of Lloyd, they haven't made it yet, you know. They're, they're only just embarking on their career. A lot of potential there, and it would be a terrific signing for someone in the Premier League. I would suggest, however, that if he's going to go anywhere, I think Arsenal are more likely, from from what I know. Um, I can I can say that basically I know that there have been some really high-level Arsenal scouts at Ashton Gate in the last year. I know for one that Brian McDermott, former Reading manager, was at, um, was at Bristol City not so long ago. Uh, he's he's quite highly well, he's quite high up at Arsenal in terms of their recruitment teams. Also know that there was another Arsenal scout, I think Dave Lee. And so, yeah, I, I'm not too sure from what I know that Liverpool have actually been watching him that much. So I would pour a little bit of cold water on mm-hmm. that one. And I'm, as I sort of said before, because it's a big one for Bristol City, this, I, I'm not expecting anything to happen just yet on that front. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wouldn't be too fearful there, Bristol City fans. And just uh, one final name to throw at you, under-21 Scotland player, uh, he's midfielder Ryan Gold. Hopefully I'm saying his name correctly. What do we think of that one? Yes, definitely one to keep an eye on this because if you remember, uh, Lee Johnson was <laughs> uh, pictured flying out to Portugal mm-hmm. in September to watch players and we believe that Ryan Gould was, was possibly Is one of those players. Is Lisbon? Yes, yeah, he's been on loan at another club uh, just this season, however. Um, he's former Dundee United uh, midfielder, or was it Dundee... And, yeah, he's he certainly would fit into that bracket of the sort of creative player that they're looking to maybe bring in. So that's one that maybe has some legs and is one to keep an eye out on. Yep, he's on loan at Forenzi at the moment from Sporting Lisbon. So uh, we will keep an eye on that one. What about outgoings? We've seen that Rory Holden has joined Rochdale on loan until the end of the season. That's a good loan move for him, isn't it? Really great loan move for him and for the club because yeah to get another young player into League One playing then that's fantastic and I know that the likes of Taylor Moore has been doing really well at Southend uh, Sean Mikulski less so and we might see something happen, happen with him this uh, window another loan so move go somewhere else possibly so possibly so I have to keep an ear out for that but yeah, it's if if they can get Rory Holden playing some minutes at that level, that would be fantastic and bode well for his long term future. Don't don't forget that Zach Viner's still at Rotherham. Yeah, didn't play last weekend. No, of course um, not. Last match, but he could well be playing against Manchester City this coming weekend. Yeah, and what about Cameron Pring? At the time of recording, he is being linked with a loan move to Cheltenham Town. Yes, um, one of our fellow patch reporters over at Gloucester says that he's going to be joining Cheltenham in the next couple of days so yeah that could be a good it's an well it's another league move for mm-hmm. another young city player and yeah another player that's highly rated at Ashton Gate and could we see some youngsters heading down to Torquay Gary Johnson's there so the link is obvious and Torquay are flying under Gary Johnson they are um very interesting some people might know that I um, like to try and watch Bath City when I can uh, they were, were my local team and, yeah, I, I keep an eye on that division. And, yeah, Torquay have flown right up there. I can't remember how many games in a row they've won now. But, but he's just shot them straight off yeah, at that table. Yeah, they're, um, what, what I like is Seku Jana, who's, who's had a great time there since going on loan. And he's been on fire, scored a heck of a load of goals up front with uh, Reed, And, uh, yeah, he's another talented young City player who looks to uh, 
be have a good little future there. And maybe, do you think maybe a couple of others might go down there this this window? Yes, I think uh, Connor Lemonhay Evans, who has been on loan there, that I think I saw the other day that that's been pretty much tied up there. I don't think it's been officially announced, but he's going to be staying down there. They have had Opie Edwards as well. And so I would expect all these guys maybe to renew because they all seem to be doing doing well. I saw them play at Western Supermare not so long ago mm-hmm. and they all impressed there. So well, That's loans and things. Any permanent outgoings? Is there anyone you see leaving in this transfer window? Not, not necessarily. I mean, it dep- might depend on what offers come in, but if anyone was to go, then maybe might it be one of the goalkeepers because... Uh, Lee Johnson did hint before that Max O'Leary might go out for a, a loan move in, in an ideal world. That would mean that Frank Fielding comes in and sits on the bench probably or, or competes with Nicky Mainpar for the for the number one shirt. But then again, Mainpar has been absolutely fantastic yeah, over recent yeah. weeks. So it's going to be tough for Frank to reclaim that spot. Could we see Frank leave? Well, there might be some interest in him. We're, we'll have to see. There was in the summer, I believe. So, yeah, that that would maybe be the only... Only thing I could see at this stage. What about oh, Matty Taylor? Although I do want to throw in, I think Moiza, Moiza, sorry. Mm. I, from what I understand, he could be one that the club sends out on loan, especially if another striker or two comes in. And that's what I was going to ask you. So, that's why it's coming to the strikers. What about Matty Taylor? Yeah, Matty saying? Taylor. He's he's had a, a pretty um, vital role to play from the bench of late, and I, I can understand why in it. it to a certain degree. Jamie Patterson has kind of been playing in that number 10 position. A lot of people are saying, oh, what, what does Jamie give you, blah, blah, blah. Well, I think if, if you look over the last eight games, OK, Patterson isn't scoring regularly, but it's the other things he brings. It's creating the chances mm-hmm. and, and just holding on to the ball mm-hmm. in that position. Matty Taylor then comes on for the final 20 minutes, runs really hard, puts in tackles, wins free kicks, the, that maybe the dirtiest stuff. And yeah, he's got a, a role to play there. So mm-hmm. I think maybe Taylor's kind of in a way, yeah, I, I think he's kind of earned that position. But it might depend on who comes in. If it's, anyone, I should say. If anyone. Yeah, there's, and there's such an array of wingers at the moment from Hakiba Delican, who's starting to get a chance. You've got Marty Watkins still. You know, these players that aren't featuring so much. A Bristol City, they're not going to be in the market for another winger, are they? Uh, no, I, I don't think so, although they do want this sort of maybe versatile attacker. So Maybe like a number 10. We'll see. I Yeah, I, this is going to be a deeply unpopular opinion, but I think there's a case to be made that Bristol City don't need to spend any money this January. Wow. Yeah, and that's because I do think they've got some good options there that would satisfy their needs um, already to be used. And what I mean by that is Marley Watkins has a, a, a goal-scoring record in the Championship. He's proven before that he can hit more than 10 goals in the championship. Um, I think combined with assists, he got almost 20 um, sort of goals and assists when he was at Barnsley in one season. So he can do it, and he's not really been given a, a good run in the in the team. No. If you brought him in to the side for maybe someone like Andreas Feynman, who hasn't, who doesn't really look too much like scoring at the moment, no. that could be an instant way to get more goals into this side. Um, and then... If you bring in a player on loan, which I think is is likely to happen, then okay. then you don't necessarily need to spend any money this January. But are you saying that off the back of two wins? Because unbeaten eight is impressive, but a lot of those are draws. And before these wins, we, and Lee Johnson was saying himself, they're just lacking that sparkle. And we thought they might need to tap into the window to get that sparkle. So are you 
Well, to qualify that, I would say it depends on what you can bring in. It's just it's it's, it's tough a, to it's find a really window. quality player yeah. and at the right right price mm, point. Mm. So maybe, well, Lee Lee Johnson said it himself, hasn't he? That they won't do the business unless they can do it at their the, at a value that works for them, and it's got to be the right player, etc. And that might not be possible. So basically. Yeah, I would say mitigate the circumstances by only bringing in a lone player, maybe like Gioni. It limits the risk. As in that they could then, they didn't have to retain him, did they, in the no, summer no, and yeah, didn't yeah, make yeah. a big, yeah. as big a loss on mm. him. So. Well, time will tell. Of course, we'll keep you up to date. Uh, interesting story this week uh, over the bridge in Cardiff City about Craig Bellamy, uh, Gregor, you've seen him coaching the under-18s up close when you watched Bristol City under-18s. And there have been allegations against Craig Bellamy of bullying at Cardiff City. Now, um, just wanted to sort of speak to you about this because last season, Bristol City came out and talked about safeguarding. This is the statement that um, Craig Bellamy has put out. He said, I'm aware of allegations that have been made against me via the media. I understand the need for Cardiff City to undertake a full investigation in response to these allegations. And at my own suggestion, I have temporarily removed myself from my coaching position in order to cooperate fully with the club's inquiry. Obviously, I'm saddened both by the allegations and the manner in which they were made, and I categorically refute them. I fully expect to return to my coaching role and have sought legal advice as to my position. I'll be making no further comment until the full investigation by the club has concluded. So all allegations at the moment, that's mm. that's what we know. Um, but obviously it's a sensitive subject. But Bristol City last season um, did come out and speak about this sort of thing, didn't they? Well, it's a serious side of the game. And yeah, I don't think we should shy away from these kind of subjects. And, yeah, I just thought Bristol City should be commended, actually, on this front, because I know that if you see their financial report and their strategic review of the year, they've made specific mention that they've um, sought to meet the challenges that go into, yeah, child welfare and safeguarding, all that side um, of the game. And it is, is, is something that's been important to the club. So that's good to hear. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's maybe in a slight contrast um, to yeah, some of the other headlines, um, and it's something that's maybe not been picked up on. So I think it's it's probably worth mentioning in that regard. In in terms of the Craig Bellamy thing, I mean, yeah, he's obviously been the under 18s coach there for a while. I've, I saw him earlier this season. I've seen him a couple of times, and I was very close to his dugout when Bristol City under 18s played Cardiff City under 18s. So uh, can get yet to see these people up close and the way they work and everything, but. Also, there were the allegations against um, Aston Villa recently in the in the, some Guardian reports about um, some bullying going on there. So, it's it's good that this stuff is reported because it needs to be um, there needs to be a check on this kind of thing. And um, yeah, there were some interesting calls I thought on social media for this to be independently re- regulated because maybe there is a conflict of interest when when clubs investigate these things themselves how can they take both mm-hmm. sides mm-hmm. Uh, both sides of a case so yeah just thought it was worth mentioning basically yeah absolutely uh, let's talk about mascot packages because this has been in the media this week about what clubs charge and what uh, 
parents and children get when they're a mascot for the day. A magical day, I'm sure, to be a mascot. I never got... Did you ever get to be a mascot when you were a kid? I didn't, know. No, me neither. My friend my friend did, though, and he was mascot up at Newcastle, and he oh, ran, out, wow. ran out holding Ali Shearer's hands. Wow, over, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, it's the stuff of dreams for kids, but it does often come at a price, so... What is the score with, with Bristol City? What do they offer and sort of what do they charge? Because it's just interesting to read about what sort of things are being charged. I know, I think, is it Everton that charged £700 when it goes to charity? Yeah, I think West Ham was one of the ones that got pointed out. It was mm-hmm. around 680 quid for mm-hmm. the mascot package mm-hmm. there, which is huge. And, yeah, kind of, I think Gary Lineker was ridiculing these clubs for uh, their greed at, at, at taking in money for this. It should be pointed out there were four or five Premier League clubs who don't charge anything for the mascot packages. Yeah, I've got some prices here. Yeah. Uh, Everton, £718, but I believe that goes to charity. West Ham, £700. Uh just over the bridge card of 255. The free ones you mention are Arsenal, Chelsea, Fulham, Huddersfield, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Newcastle United and Southampton. Now, clubs have been urged to find a good deal for fans. So what is the deal on offer at Bristol City as this is uh, being talked about so much? Well, on their website, they say the mascot packages for this season are £200. Reduced rates apply for most weekday and selected fixtures. So that's where they fit in, um, and it must be said the package includes several things. But that two hundred quid—that's, to be honest, that's what I'd probably expect it to be. But that strikes me as quite a lot for the championship still. Yeah, I mean it's a lot of money. Say if you've got a couple of kids as well. Absolutely. It must be tricky. Um, but is it to be expected? Is that football nowadays, Greg? Or what do you think? Because you know there's there seems to be a sliding scale on what people charge. Well, certainly, I think. It should be pointed out that those clubs who, who don't charge anything, that is fantastic mm, in this mm. day and age. But at the same time, I do fully admit that these clubs are businesses, aren't they? And it all comes down to money in the end. And you can't be shouting for a new signing, a new striker to come in, can you, if you're not going to be making your money somewhere? So, Yeah, but if some clubs offer them for free and others don't, does there not need to be a consistency? Or if there is a fee, like Everton goes to the club charity, is there a better way of doing this, Gregor? Yeah, there probably is, but also I guess there'll be other things that some clubs make money on and that others don't. I'm I'm sure it's not simply just a case of mascot prices Mm. being up there. It could be ticket prices come into this kind of thing as well and and the other bonuses you get and your membership schemes and loyalty schemes, etc. So, uh, yeah, it's a difficult one to judge in a way. Mm. Uh, Well, that's pretty much all we've got time for this week on the podcast. We'll be back uh, next week. It's the FA Cup on Saturday. Just quickly, Gregor, your thoughts on this one. Is this, in the nicest way, something Bristol City are going to focus on? I mean, they they love a cup run. We saw that last season. But, you know, is this something that Lee Johnson is going to put out a full-strength team for? Yes, I think they will. I think there'll be a couple of rotations, as we've seen in the last few games. I think it's been team, sorry, two team changes for the last couple of matches, and I think it'll probably be the same again for Saturday. And I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Bailey Wright gets mm-hmm. his first start for a while. And yes, I do think they'll take it seriously. And I fancy Bristol City maybe to do pretty well in this competition off the back of them doing well in the cup 
in the Carabao Cup last mm-hmm. season and and maybe prioritising this a bit more than they did the... Uh, the FA Cup the, last yeah, season. Or, yeah. And the League Cup this. Yeah, and given that Huddersfield are in such dire straits, eight defeats in a row, that's a club record, they're sitting bottom of the Premier League, it's actually quite a big opportunity for Bristol City to progress and the money from the FA Cup is always welcome too. Definitely, and I think it's a good chance as well for them to measure where they are in comparison to the clubs at the bottom of the mm. Premier League. So I don't think they're probably that far away from them in some regards. So, uh, yeah, it could be interesting. Yeah, fantastic. We shall see. We'll come back and review uh, that game next week on the podcast and look forward to Bolton, who Bristol City play the following weekend. Uh, Gregor, thank you very much for your time. And we'll be picking your brains again about transfers next week, I'm sure. And if you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us. Robins on the Wire.